Hey everybody, welcome to The Export. I'm Raven X, and today we have an extra special show for you all. Now, if you guys listened to the last episode, me and Ethan kind of touched on some of our favorite moves and least favorite moves of free agency so far, but you know me. I love talking football. And alongside me for this special edition, I have my favorite person to talk football with. He's an OG of the podcast, Malik. Happy to have you on the show. How you doing today, man? Well, I'm doing all right. I'm hanging out trying to keep track of all these moves. Yeah, and like I was just telling you, it's it's crazy because it's been moves happening, but it hasn't been a whole bunch of, like, noteworthy moves, if that makes sense. It hasn't been a lot of exciting moves so far. Like, the first two days were probably the peak, and then since then it's cooled down. Oh, yes, most definitely. But, yeah, so we got a cool little breakdown for you guys. We are going to look at the top our biggest addition for each NFL team, and we are going to grade them, as well as talk some of the biggest winners and losers of free agency so far. And then we're going to discuss how the first week of free agency has had an effect on teams' draft plans. But before we get to any of that, please sure to check out the export.net. I repeat, the export.net for exclusive sports content written by yours truly and fellow export writers. Previous episodes of our lovely podcast and our YouTube channel entitled The Export. So without further ado, let's go ahead and kick this off with the Buffalo Bills and what they've been doing in free agency. I mean, another team that hasn't made too many big moves, but probably their best one was bringing back Jordan Poyer. As of right now, the money uh, the financial details have yet to be announced, but all in all, I mean, if you're able to bring back one of your best defensive players, especially after losing a guy like Tremaine Edmonds on that second level, I'm going to give that an A minus. Oh, yeah, that was a good move. Um, I'm going to go on the line back to and say uh, sign him Matt Milano to an extension. Um, like you said, you just lost uh, Tremaine Edmonds in free agency. You need to keep your someone there. He's your best linebacker, in my opinion, that you had. Um, he's a leader in that locker room. So, for me, I'm going to give it a B plus. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to another AFC East team, the Miami Dolphins. They've been on the move in terms of signing guys to deals, whether it be uh, the trio of running backs, Gaskin, Mostert, Wilson, bringing in backs and barriers. But I think everybody knows the most important thing so far that the Dolphins have done was make that trade for Jalen Ramsey for a third-round pick um, and then also uh, sending Hunter Long backup tight end there as well. I mean, it's an A for me. I mean, not only do you get a top-five cornerback in the league, but you don't have to give up a top-two pick to get him. And, I mean, putting him with Xavier Howard gives them one of, if not the best, cornerback doing the league. So, easily an A for me if I'm Miami. Oh, yeah, I agree. Uh, it's definitely the Jalen Ramsey move. I give it an A. Um, you just want Byron Jones during the retirement. Um, you need another corner on the other side. Uh, they kind of got to him last year. If you looked at some of their most of their games, um, like you said, you got a top corner. You got two of the top corners in the league. Um, that's a good duo back there. You play the Bills. You know, you play the Jets with all the weapons that they have, so you're definitely going to need it. And we expect the Dolphins to be in contention. So you're definitely going to need a secondary back there. So definitely um, Jalen Ramsey is especially what you got him for, what you trade him for. So definitely Jalen Ramsey. All right, keeping things in the Eastern uh, let's talk the New England Patriots. Um, between Juju Smith-Schuster and Mike Jasicki, I think those are two, obviously, the better moves. While I like the Jasicki deal a lot more, I'm sure the Juju deal is probably the bigger talking point just because it's a three-year deal up to worth th three mil. I think it's an upgrade over Jacoby Myers, but I don't think it's, like, a substantial upgrade to where I'm like, yes, the Patriots now have their number one wide receiver. 
but I think it was enough for them not to use that, what, 15th overall pick to add one or 14th. So with that being said, I give this move a B-. minus. I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. Yeah, that was hard. Uh, that move, it was, it was, a, it was a lateral move to me, but I'm going to go uh, side, in, uh, side and tight end uh, Mike Jacecki. Got him for a one-year, nine-million deal. Um, you traded Jonathan Smith, so you needed to replace him. Uh, I think Jacecki fits more uh, what Belichick would want to do um, on offense. Um, you got him from your division, so you weakened the division opponent and made your uh, roster stronger. So I'm going to say Mike Jacecki. And I like that move because, I mean, I think – I understand Dalton Schultz had a pretty good couple years in Dallas, but in my opinion, I still think Jasicki was the best tight end available in free agency. Last year, you wouldn't know about watching Miami's offense just because he was such an afterthought, but you watch his previous years and you see he was a pretty good tight end for them. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the New York Jets, who, let's be honest, it's not about what they're doing right now. It's what they're trying to do, and that's trying to bring in Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Ethan and I talked at length about if the move was even worth it for the Jets, and we both agreed we didn't think so. But where do you stand on the whole Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets deal? On the one hand, he had, he said that he wants to go to the Jets, but on the other hand, the Jets are going to have to give up, it seems like, multiple picks, bring in quote-unquote players on Aaron Rodgers' wish list, and also give Aaron Rodgers 60 mil in hopes of him staying maybe two or three seasons, do you feel like all of this is worth it if you're the Jets? Mm, absolutely not. Uh, and I'll, I'll start with you about this. I think uh, why would you give up all those assets for maybe, I don't even think two or three, I think he's retiring probably a year or two. First of all, he's very contradicting. He's very um, inconsistent. If you listen to the podcast of Pat McAfee, he was saying that he was 90% retired, when he went in, then he came back out, then he wanted to play all because the Packers, you know, in a way, made him feel a certain type of way. Yeah. So, that's a red flag for me. Um, I'm giving up all these assets. I'm giving up money. I'm giving up picks. And I'm not sure if you're going to pay past, play past two years. And I don't even feel like the Jets would be – yeah, they'll be a threat because you have Earl Rodgers, but I don't think they would make it. So, I don't think it's worth the effort, you know, um, when you have another player out there who you can get, you know, with similar money per year, I ain't going to say no names, but... No, it's okay, because uh, we're probably going to talk about him in, like, a couple minutes, so it's fine. We're going to get to okay. Lamar. I know. So, I mean, Lamar's out there. He's younger. Um, actually, he wants less money per year. I mean, Arise make 60 mil this year, you know, so I don't see why you wouldn't do that, but uh, no, I don't think it's a good move for them. No, not at all. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much hit on the head. I don't think it's worth it because even still, let's say they do end up making the trade. Like you said, maybe one or two years. From top to bottom, like, I think that the Jets were a good team last year. And I don't think anyone would dispute that if they had a better quarterback, they'd be in the playoffs. I don't think that's – I think everybody knows that. But what I don't understand is why people think, oh, Aaron Rodgers is going to make them a Super Bowl team. They're not a Super Bowl caliber team. They're good. And they have a chance to make it, you know, win that division possibly or at least put forth a hell of an effort. But a Super Bowl team, no. And having Aaron Rodgers isn't magically going to change that. Because if we're being honest, I don't think this current Jets team is better than the Packers team they had two years ago. And oh, absolutely. And mind you, it's like you said, it's in a weaker conference, and you're entering a tougher division. 
yeah, no, I don't think, I really just do not think it's worth it for the Jets. And they're going to come out looking like Boo Boo the Fool if they don't at least get to an AFC championship. Oh, yeah, I, and like I said, to piggyback on what you said just now, um, I, I just couldn't get it done in the NFC. And it's been two years you couldn't get it done in the NFC. Um, what do you think is going to happen in the AFC? You know, so you kind of got to think about that. You're a year older. Uh, we're going to a new team, uh, learning a new thing. And New York market, New York media is ruthless. But if you don't win, they're going to tear you apart. Like, it's different from going from Green Bay, Wisconsin to New York. Yeah. Like, they're going to tear you apart. Like, if you don't win and the Jets look like Boo Boo the Fools, they're going to tear you apart. So, no, I don't, I don't think it's working. No, not at all. All right, talking about things and knowing their worth, we got to talk about my Baltimore Ravens. Of course, when it was announced that Baltimore was going to put the non-exclusive tag on Lamar, everybody said the Ravens were crazy, they were stupid, how they going to do this? Teams are going to be matching out the wazoo. Ten minutes later, teams already coming out and saying they're not going to do it. And at first, it was one of those things where I was like, man, they're probably just saying this. But once teams can actually negotiate with him, we'll start to hear stuff. But then you get the Raiders bringing in Jimmy G, the Carolina Panthers trading up to the first overall pick. Atlanta gives um, Taylor Heineke 20 mil. And so more and more, the options are kind of starting to dwindle. So are you surprised by the legitimate lack of interest in Lamar Jackson? Because I get teams and owners not wanting to give him a fully guaranteed deal, but you telling me they not even going to call? I think that's crazy. I think it's a yes and no. It's like an open-ended question. Um, I'm not surprised, but I am surprised. I mean, NFL owners and teams always say, we want to win for our fans. We want to put the best team out there to win. Yeah, but we'll do that cheaply. Um, so I'm surprised by that to be like, wow, like y'all choosing to, to bring in Jacoby Brissett, you know, rather than being like, you know what? I'm going to go and grab this MVP caliber star. Um, but I'm not surprised. Obviously, we all know my favorite team is the Browns, and the Browns contract Deshaun Watson got as an outlier. And I think the NFL owners are, in my opinion, we talked about this, are co-inspiring without co-inspiring. I think that it's like an unspoken. They, it's it's unspoken. They're like, no, we're not finna, we're not finna make this the normal. We're not finna go. We're not finna pay um, a quarterback. Guarantee money. We're not going to make that normal. And unfortunately, uh, Lamar Jackson is just the person that's got to take the blunt of it. Um, I think it came up at the wrong time. Um, so for me, I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised. Um, it's, it's just, I think the owners are making the stand. I think they'd rather be like, no, nah, we're not going to make this thing normal. And I don't knock them for it because you and I have talked about this at length. I'm all for a player getting paid. But I think if we just start giving out fully guaranteed contracts to everybody, it's just going to set a precedent to where it starts with the quarterbacks and then receivers going to be like, hey, well, we the ones making the quarterbacks look good. Where's our money? Then the DBs are going to be like, well, we stopping these receivers. What's going to happen? So it's just going to be a revolving door. And I feel like at one, at some point, those guaranteed contracts are just going to start to diminish and then it's just going to be kind of like how you, you see like Daniel Jones get an average of 40 mil a year. Everybody named Mama knows he is not worth forty mil a year, but because the market has been so diminished and there's no like mid level area, he's getting that money. And so thus other teams are overpaying and it's it just becomes a slippery slope. 
And you already know how I feel about Lamar. I like Lamar a lot, but it's just all this drama. I'm not here for it. And I've been a Baltimore fan long before Lamar got there, and I'm going to be a Baltimore fan long after he leaves. And so while I love him to stay, just because nobody wants to be in quarterback purgatory, especially now with how the kind of the market is shaped out, but I hope something comes together between both sides, but I still feel like a divorce is on the way. It may just not be this year because teams are legitimately not doing it. And I hope for Lamar's sake he has a great year this year because don't let that brother get hurt. Any thought of guaranteed money he thought he was going to get is out the window. If he has another year where he misses the last six, seven games, it's a wrap. Oh, definitely. He, gonna I agree with you. he probably going to take that 30, 35 mil a year and, and be cool if that. But, all right, let's keep things in the AFC North. Let's talk to Cincinnati Bengals, a team that was pretty quiet until last night when it came out that they signed Orlando Brown to a four-year, $64 million extension, which includes a $31 million signing boost. Y'all know I love me some Joe Burrow. I'm happy to see my man get some protection. And to think most offensive tacklers are waking, making may, way more than an average of 16 mil per year. So I give this move, move an A for the Bengals. Oh, definitely an A. Uh, you go from Jonah Williams protecting you to Orlando Brown. Um, not only that, you weaken the team that you basically have to go through to get to the Super Bowl the last past two years. You weaken the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, not to mention the pass rush that you have to deal with. You know, they we play them twice a year, and they have to deal with Miles Garrett. Now you have somebody over there who can kind of – I'm not going to say – you can slow down Miles. You can't stop Miles. So you got someone over there who can slow down Miles, other than Jonah Williams. So I definitely give it a uh, give it an A. Um, I, it's interesting to see what they're gonna do with Lionel Collins. I wonder if they're gonna move him over to the right tackle since um, Jonah Williams asked for a trade. But no, I give it an A. Lionel was playing right last year. I wonder if they're gonna keep him because I know there was some discussions about him possibly getting released because, you know, he suffered that torn ACL last year. So I haven't heard he's been released, but I heard there was speculation he was going to be. But Jonah Williams, we'll, we'll get to Jonah a bit later. But, uh, all right, let's talk about your Cleveland Browns, another team that may not have made any blockbuster moves, but they've made some solid moves. For example, I already know your favorite move with Juan Thornhill. How would you grade that signing? Uh, honestly, I'll give it a B-plus. Uh... Love Juan Thornhill coming out of college. Uh, was a fan of him, warned him over greedy, but you know things happen. So, uh, but I give it a B plus. I mean, it it fits a need. Um, you can't get worse than what John Johnson was for us last season. That's cap, and um, you know it because you know y'all had a, a safety back there who <laughs> before John Johnson who was a billion times worse. Man, listen. We talked about last year, though. We improved. Okay, but you know, John Johnson no. last year was a billion times better than Andrew Sandejo, so don't play that man like that. That's disrespectful. He was. He was, but, I mean, it was just last year. Was, last year was hard to watch. Um, you got him. Actually, you got him less than what you got John Johnson for. Yeah. Um, I accounted for 10 mil on the salary cap. You know, the Juan Thoriel is going to be seven. Not to mention you bring in someone who knows what it takes to win a Super Bowl, who has that experience in that locker room when you're young secondary, who can be like, okay, this is what it takes to get there. This is how we want to do this. So I definitely like it. I think he's the person that can play center fielder for us, which he will do. 
which allowed uh, Grant Delpit to roam around. So I give it a B plus. Yeah, I give it a B. I like it. Probably my favorite. No, nah, not probably. My favorite movie y'all did was bring in Dalvin Tomlinson. We've talked about it extensively. The run defense last year was terrible. Dalvin Tomlinson is one of the better run stoppers in the league. So getting him on a four-year $57 million deal, that's not bad at all. Especially seeing what other defensive tackles have gotten uh, so far. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team we both hate. And they just want me to hate them more as they sign one of my all-time favorite players and arguably my favorite LSU Tiger, Patrick Peterson, to a two-year, $14 million deal. I hate this move for a variety of reasons, but on the whole, I give it a B-. minus. I think it's a solid pairing between the two. If you're Patrick Peterson, you get to go to a team that has a strong front seven, and you won't be asked to do too, too much. You'll have Mika Fitzpatrick behind you, as well as, you know, <laughs> never mind, I almost lied. There's, their corners aren't great, but Patrick Peterson was pretty good. It sucks that they're losing Cam Sutton, but still, Pat Pews can show that he can still play, and then he can be a mentor to whoever they end up drafting because I still feel like they're going to take a corner within the first three rounds. And if you're the Steelers, you get a proven veteran who, honestly, I think outplayed their outside corner, So, and it's a cheap deal. So for me, it's a loss, but for both sides, it's pretty much a win-win. Um... On the moon, I would say Patrick Peterson is their best move. I will give it I will give it a C plus. Not a knock on Patrick Peterson, but the simple fact it's like addition by a subtraction instead of just being addition by addition. Um you lost Cam Sutton, uh, free agency. It would have been nice to have Cam Sutton and Patrick Peterson and Mickey Fitzpatrick back there in your secondary. So it's now it's sort of like, okay, we lost Cam Sutton but we got Patrick Peterson. So it's, it's it's a loss by subtraction. You know, it's a loss by subtraction, but it's a good move for the Steelers. You know, um, bringing in a veteran, bringing in someone who had a good season last year, who was a top. We talked about the plate like a top corner last season. Um, two year deal for cheap, so I give it a C plus. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the AFC South, starting with the Houston Texans, who have been pretty quiet, but. Uh, D'Amico Ryans, the new head coach, brings in a familiar face. Jimmy Ward coming in on a two-year deal. I joked with you that Ward was the type of guy that the Browns would look to sign. But I think it's a pretty good move for the Texans. Like I said, familiar face. Overall, a productive guy, even if he's not the flashiest. And, I mean, you already got Jalen Petrie back there, who's going to be heading into his second year at safety, who was pretty good. And then that secondary overall is showing signs. And so I like this move for the Texans. I give it a B. Um, I'm gonna say my move is actually not with the difference. I'm saying it's a trade. I'm gonna say Shaq Mason. Um, move too. Well, Shaq Mason. Um, you brought him in for that line. You definitely need to protect whatever quarterback you're gonna get back there. Um, they didn't give up much to get him, so that's a good to me. So I would rate that move a B. Um, got you a guard. Like I said, you need to protect your young asset who you was bringing in back there. So I'm gonna give it a B. All right, let's talk the Indianapolis Colts, another team that didn't make any crazy moves. Probably the quote-unquote biggest name one might have been getting uh, edge rusher Samson Ibakum from the San Francisco 49ers on a three-year, $27 million deal. But I want to talk about Gardner Minshew reuniting with Shane Steichen, who he's with in Philly this past season. Signed a fully guaranteed one-year, $3.5 million deal with the chance to go up to $5.5 mil with incentives. Looking ahead to the draft. We'll talk about the draft a lot more later on in the show. But right now, Colts are sitting at that fourth overall pick. Who knows what quarterback they're going to end up with. Over, under, 
Gardner Minshew starts eight games. What do you think? I'm going to say under. Okay. How many think he ends up starting? I would say five. Five? I look at it like, because right now, if I'm the Colts, I would try to trade up with the Cardinals because the Cardinals have already been talking about trading back. The last thing I'd want is to have the top three quarterbacks I really like off the board because then at that point you're just taking somebody to be taking somebody. So I'm in – honestly, I'm all for the Colts trying to get Lamar. I think that would make a lot of sense for them. Uh, But let's say they do take a rookie. I think it really just depends who it is. I think if you get a guy like C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young fall into your lap, I think Gardner Mitchell might start, like, at most four games. And that's being generous. But if you get a guy like Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, who I think could benefit from getting some polish and not starting immediately, I could see Gardner Mitchell starting more games. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars, another team that has been relatively quiet. Um... Probably the biggest move was putting that uh, franchise tag on Evan Ingram. Do you think they're going to be able to get a long-term extension number for the season starts, or do you think that he's going to be playing on the tag? Um, I'm playing on the tag. Uh, I think he's going to play on the tag. Um, there's no need to give him a long-term deal right now. This is his first season that he had real, real production. So you know, sometimes it'd be an outlier before you want to pay someone top money. You want to see can that be consistent. Um, so I would I would think that they're going to play him on attack, especially you got contracts coming up. Like I said, you got to save all you can save for Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, everybody else. So no, they definitely uh, definitely going to play on the tag. I think I'm I'm torn on this because on the one hand, it's like I see what you're saying about playing on attack, see what else you can get out of him. But on the other, and plus you bringing in Calvin Ridley, and that's going to take away some of the targets that he was going to get. But on the other hand, it's like, why create a problem if you don't have to? And I feel like with Evan Ingram, we saw his time with the uh, Giants. His rookie, it was great. And then from then on, it was just really hit or miss. I think that with the opportunity with the Jaguars, it seems like he's found a good fit. So we're not in the negotiating room. We don't know how much money he wants. Now, if he wants something more than nine, maybe ten mil a year, then, yeah, he could play on the tag and we'll go from there. But – I think it'd be best for both sides to work something out. Because let's be honest, if you're Evan Ingram, what other team is going to give you the opportunity that the Jags has given you? And if you're Jacksonville, when was the last time you actually had a tight end who helped enhance your offense? Yeah, that's true. So I, I think it'd be best for both sides to work, make it work. Don't need to create a problem that's not there. All right, speaking of a team with none but problems, the Tennessee Titans who interestingly seem like they are currently – Heading towards a rebuild, they've already cut several players, such as longtime offensive lineman uh, Taylor Lewan, but Dupree got cut, um, Ben Jones, starting center, got cut. And, I mean, it's no telling what other moves are going to be made. Um, also, it's kind of surprising me that they all of a sudden have all this money but still haven't done much in free agency. Uh, probably the biggest move was bringing in guys like Arden Key, who had a pretty good year with the Jacksonville Jaguars last year, and then signing offensive tackle Andre Dillard from the Philadelphia Eagles' former second-round pick. Actually, no, he was a first-round pick. Um, in the case of Andre Dillard, do you think that he is going to prove to be the stalwart left tackle of the future, or should the Titans still be investing at those bookend spots? Um, definitely be investing. 
you know, you want depth, and he was very, uh, he wasn't what he was playing out to be. We talked about this, too. I like, we like we both liked him coming out in the draft. He actually performed well at the combine, but didn't do a thing with the Eagles. So, that's everything the best. You know, you learn from what you see others. You know, a wise man learns from the mistake of others. So, you see with the Eagles, you might want to go ahead and invest. So, no, nah, he's not going to be their left tackle. I think they're going to invest. Yeah, because, I mean, hell, around that time, like you said, we both liked him come out of Washington State. And I was like, once Jason Peters left, I was like, this your shot. Come on, go. This is your time, Andre Dillard. And he didn't play well. And then Jordan Mattia, I think that's how you say his last name, took over. Yep. Lane Johnson just will not, won't die. So he's holding down that right tackle spot. So at least if you're Andre Dillard, you learn from some of the best in the biz. So hopefully you can take those lessons with him and uh, move on. But overall, I'd grade that move. Uh, I'd give it a B minus. Just because I think it's not crazy money. So he could be a backup if you need him to. Or you can move him to right tackle if you so desire. All right, let's talk the Denver Broncos, who have spent quite a bit of money to add to their offensive line, adding former Ravens guard Ben Powers on a four-year, $52 million deal, and then adding former San Francisco 49ers right tackle Mike McGlinchey on a five-year, $87.5 million deal. How would you grade these offensive linemen additions for the Broncos? Because truthfully, I give it an A. Yeah, I give it an A. Uh, Mike McGlinchey played, you know, is up-and-coming right tackle. I give it an A. We like Ben. You like Ben Powers. You know, I've seen Ben Powers last season. You know what Ben Powers is. So I definitely give it an A. I like some of the moves I did on defense. Like, I like the Zach Allen move. I'm signing Zach Allen. Um, so, yeah, I give it an A. Yeah. I mean, like I was saying on the uh, main show, as much as I love seeing Joe get protected, a.k.a. Joe Burrow, I love seeing my boy Russ get protection too. And so I'm happy to see the Broncos actually investing to give him a better offensive line because it was terrible last year. He might as well just stayed in uh, Seattle to pay, play behind such a bad offensive line. All right, Kansas City Chiefs, um, uh, they pretty much made it clear after the Super Bowl that they weren't going to be bringing back Orlando Brown and instead have replaced him with former Jacksonville Jaguars offensive tackle Jawan Taylor, signing him to a four-year, $80 million deal with 60 mil guaranteed. How would you grade this move, and do you think it's an upgrade over Brown? I give it a C- minus and no. I don't think it's an upgrade over Brown. I don't think so either. I was like, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, what are the Chiefs doing? Um, it, yeah, I, I'm just going to say it's a, it's, it's a C minus. I don't think, um, Jawan Taylor is not bad, but it's sort of like you go from, you go from a Lamborghini to a nice Malibu. If I had to put it in there, so it's sort of like me. I'm in a Lamborghini. It's nice, but then I go for like, oh, but it's a nice Malibu. It's cost Still efficient, not. you know. Get good on mileage. Still not a Lamborghini. Still not a Lamborghini. <laughs> no, I hear you. I I call it a C. I mean, now if Orlando Brown don't want to take four year eighty mil, that's his problem. Cause I mean, that's more money than he got. I mean, than he got from Cincinnati. But I mean. If you're the if you're the Chiefs, I get it. You gotta fill that position. You've learned firsthand what happens when Patrick Mahomes does not have a strong offensive line in front of him. But on the other hand, it's like 
Jawan Taylor, like he just had one really good year in Jacksonville, and but before that he'd been pretty forgettable. Yep. But hey, if you like it, I love it. Props to Jawan Taylor getting his money. All right, let's talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. Who we'll talk about the the Darren Waller trade when we get to the Giants. But let's go ahead and look at their addition. As I mentioned, when we're talking about Lamar, they brought in Jimmy G, another familiar face for Josh McDaniels on a three-year, seventy-two point seven five million dollar deal. Um, he's going to make it twenty-four point two five mil year one. Familiar face. They still have solid offensive weapons, uh, whether it be, of course, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, who's playing on the tag. They just brought in Jacoby Myers. Hunter Renfro is still solid. Their offensive line is terrible, and so is their defense. But, hey, at least Jimmy G will have people to throw the ball to. How would you grade this move? I see. And I say that because you made a lateral move and took, like, one step back. I say that because when you look at the Cowboy quarterbacks, when Jimmy G is healthy, and that's the key word I'm going to say, it's healthy. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? He wins games with a good defense and a good running game, and they have a running game with Josh Jacobs. Um, so they kind of like level him in, in Brandon Carr. But I would say Brandon Carr is much more reliable. He's healthier. Um, you know, uh, so I, I would say you made a lateral move, but you took a step back. Because now you basically you got a more you actually you got an unhealthy Derek Carr. That's what you got. You made a lateral move. You got an unhealthy Derek Carr. So I would say it's a C. Um, you got somebody. I would say it's not terrible because he knows he knows uh, Josh McDaniels' playbook. He's spent time with him and Patriots and everything. But I would say it's a C. You, you made a lateral move and took a step back. On the whole, I give it a B minus. And I kind of look at it kind of like what I was saying with the Colts because, like, uh, reportedly it came out today that the Raiders were trying to trade up to the first overall pick, but apparently the uh, Bears' asking price was too much. So, I mean, realistically, you weren't in on Aaron Rodgers. You probably don't want to – not probably. You don't want to give Lamar a fully guaranteed contract. And you just got rid of Derek Carr. So, honestly, of the other options, I think Jimmy G was the best. But it's still like, like you said, it's not like you're getting a major upgrade. And it's not like you're getting a good offensive. You have an offensive line that's really going to protect him. And it's not like you have a defense that's going to get stopped. So it's like, I don't hate the move overall. I think it's, I'll say this, they're not going to be significantly worse with the Jimmy GA quarterback. But I think he's one of those guys who has to have a lot of other things in place to be successful. Like, the 49ers were constructed so well, and I don't – the Raiders aren't constructed that same way, so I think that could lead them to have some struggles. But, I mean, I I, I understand the logic behind it. All right, let's look at the Chargers before we head to the NFC. Um, another team that's really been chilling, I mean, especially because they were kind of in cap hell uh, before the start of everything. But they did make a really good addition of bringing in linebacker Eric Kendricks, longtime veteran for the Minnesota Vikings, signed a two-year $13.25 million deal. I love this move. I give it an A. Yeah, I give it an A. Uh, for the price, uh, you got them cheap, you feel the need. Oh, you bring in a veteran. Um, he's returning back to California for UCLA. You know he went to UCLA, yes, so he's he going did. back. He's going back to... No, it's a definitely a great move. Definitely needed, so definitely give it an A. I agree. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the NFC, starting in the NFC East with the Dallas Cowboys, who traded 
for cornerback Stephon Gilmore for just a fifth round pick. This is an A+. I mean, Stephon Gilmore was really good last year. Of course, he had a couple of hiccups, but so did every corner. And the fact that they were able to get him for a late round pick and you get to pair him with a guy like Trayvon Diggs, who he could teach so much to, I love this move for Dallas. Of course, I'm still not sold on their offense. I think you still got to get Dak more help. But bringing in Stephon Gilmore to help kind of shore up that back end and that cornerback two spot, I think it was a great move for Dallas. Yeah, I definitely give it a – I give it an A. Like you said, um, Stephon Gilmore can learn a lot from uh, – I mean, not Stephon Gilmore, I'm sorry. Trevon Diggs can learn a lot from Stephon Gilmore. Uh, and not only that, I mean, if you look at what they have to compete against – in their division, you got Devontae Smith, and you got A.J. Brown on one team. You got the wide receivers that the Washington have. Um, I feel like the Giants are going to make a move at wideout. So, to win that division to compete, you're going to have to slow down those high-power wide receivers. And that's what happened last year when they played the Eagles. Um, they couldn't stop them. So, it's a definitely a great move. Definitely a great move for them. Um, they have an interest. They have, to me, they have the best. Corner, well, one of the best cornerback duos in the NFC. And they got him. And look what they got him for. They got him for a fifth. Uh, we dogged them last year because they got rid of Amari Cooper for a fifth. So, in kind spec, they kind of traded a fifth for, you know, they kind of traded Stephon for Amari, if you think about it that way. So, uh, it's definitely a. I'm trying to think. they, I can't think of a NFC cornerback duo who's better. So I think I'd, I'd put them at one because Jair Alexander is great, but he doesn't really have a running mate. I wouldn't put Razul Douglas up there. Eric Stokes is decent. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd still go Cowboys. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah, I would say Cowboys right off the bat if I can't think anybody. But yeah, I would say the Cowboys. Yeah, because I wouldn't say 49ers because their strength is their front seven. No. Yeah, nobody in the NFC West, nobody else in the well, James Bradbury and Darius Slay. Yeah, the they, Eagles. they, I would put them over them. Yeah, I would say the Eagles. Yeah, I would say Eagles. I would still say Eagles have the best cornerback tandem in the league. Ooh, that's tough. I that's would take deep. them over Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey because, as good as Jalen Ramsey is, he's coming off a bit of a down year, and Xavier Howard is mad and consistent. Yeah, and I was going to say the Ravens, but you guys didn't sign Marcus Yeah, Peters. we don't know what's up with Marcus Peters. I would love for him to come back. So, But for right now, I would still say Eagles. I apologize for not bringing them up earlier. Uh, Yeah, Eagles for sure. But all right, uh, keeping things in the division, the New York Giants, let's talk that Darren Waller trade, uh, taking the Pro Bowl tight end for a third-round pick this year, a.k.a. the 100th overall pick. I love this move for the Giants. I mean, you and I talked about it. If you're going to give Daniel Jones that money, you got to give him a weapon. And right now you give him easily the best weapon, well, passing weapon he has had since coming into the league. So I give this trade an A. I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a B plus. Like for the reason that you said, the only knock is can Darren Waller stay on the field? True. Um, you know, the best ability is availability. And he's great when he's on the field, but he's been hurt. You know, so if he can stay on the field hands down, you know, you have him, you have Saquon, um, you sign Stella Shepard back, come back off injury, you brought in a Paris Campbell who's decent, Darius Slayton came back. So they have some weapons. So if he can stay healthy, 
definitely, definitely his best receiving target that he'll have. But that's why I give it a B plus. For all the reasons you said, but just the only knock is can Darren Waller stay healthy. Mm. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the Philadelphia Eagles, who at one point it was looked like they were going to have to totally remake their secondary, but they don't have to do that. They bring back James Bradbury. They work out a deal with Darius Slay. Not to mention along their D-line, they're bringing back Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox. So this isn't a grade pick. But between the two, who do you think it was more important for the Eagles to make sure they kept? the Bradbury or Slay? Oh, easily Slay. Um, Slay was your best corner. He's your number one corner. Um, I would say he's the leader of your secondary. Um... You need a number one corner league. Bradbury's not a number one. He's a number two. Um, you leave that in your locker room. You need the leader of your secondary. Um, he seems to love Philly. So I'm, I'm going to say Darius Slay was the more important one. They did bring in Greedy. They did bring in Greedy, but our, I feel like they draft somebody Greedy's. Uh, we might see. Hey, unless you want to make the move to safety, he going to have to add at least 20, 30, 40 pounds. But they got an opening. They still haven't brought back uh, Gardner Johnson. So, you know, crazier things have happened. I agree with you on Slay, though. I think Bradbury was very important, but Slay's been holding it down for the past few years because I, I remember what that secondary looked like before they got Darius Slay. It was – Well, Gardner Johnson, he said the disrespect is real, so I don't know why he ain't getting paid. I mean, I don't know either, but uh, he deserves – I told you, we talked about this before. I think he deserves more money than what uh, Jesse Bates got. I think he's a better overall player, but I can un- also understand teams not being willing to give all that money to a safety. Like, teams don't love safeties as much as they used to, and the teams that really love safeties already have their safeties. Yep. Like, Baltimore is a perfect example. We got Marcus Williams. Now, don't get me wrong. We didn't have Marcus Williams – Gladly, gladly would take Chauncey, but we don't need him. So he gonna get signed somewhere though. Or if he want to come to Baltimore too, I mean, why not? Hey, we can make it work yeah. with three safeties. We did it last year. I don't know how we gonna pay you, but come through. I would think a team like Dallas would be interesting, especially if you boost your secondary with them too. If you get him back there, then you really doing something there. Oh, for sure. Dallas is definitely one. Uh, Pittsburgh is another one. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh, my brain is drawing a blank. Uh, Cincinnati, I can see. L.A. too, but I don't think they got the money for it. The Cardinals could do it. Putting him and Buda Baker back there, they corner still going to get cooked. But, hey, at least their safeties are good. Yeah. But then again, the Cardinals need everything. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the Washington Commanders. Another team hasn't made in too many crazy moves, but they did bring in Jacoby Brissett on a one-year deal um, worth $8 million or $7.5 mil guaranteed. Right now, let's say the commanders actually don't draft the quarterback. Week one, who's the starter, Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett? Jacoby Brissett. Because uh, the experience. Um, he didn't play bad last year. Um, you paying him eight? You paying him? How much they giving him? Eight like, million. Yeah. That could go up to ten. Yeah, I will say it's the cover percent. I mean, you have to be serious. I mean, you got to give your fan base something to be like, you know, also. But I will say it's the cover percent starts. <sighs> right now, I think I say Sam Howell, only because 
it's his one game he started was against Cowboys was fine. And I think that I'll say this, if they really didn't like the kid, they would be heavily invested in quarterback. Every quarterback you hear, they'd be in the conversation for it, but they really haven't. I think they're going to give him a chance. And then if he craps the bed, then I can see Jacoby Brissett coming in later. But as of right now, I wouldn't be shocked if he started week one. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the Chicago Bears, who, as we all know, traded the first overall pick to the Carolina Panthers. And in that trade, they received wide receiver DJ Moore, providing a clear number one wide out for um, – for Justin Fields. So instead, of, this isn't going to be a grade question, but the trio of Chase Claypool, DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, does that is that the best wide receiver trio in the NFC? I'm not going to say AFC because obviously, no, that's the Bengals, but NFC, are they number one? <laughs> that's a good question. Hey, you put my feet to the fire. Um... Right now, I would still put the Rams ahead of them, even if Allen Robinson, because technically Allen Robinson is still in L.A. So, say no, because the 49ers, yeah. the, 49ers the 49ers have a decent receiver core. Um, the Eagles have a decent receiving core. Exactly. Rams, um, Eagles. I would still take Seattle. Washington has a decent receiver core. I would take see I would take Chicago's trio over Washington. Washington? Yeah. That's tough because you got uh You got Terry, what? you got Jahan Dotson, and you got um Samuel. Yeah, but Curtis Samuel we don't do too much. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's, I think that's about back up. It can be it can be it's debatable. Still trying to think it's some It's, it's debatable, but I still would say Philly got the best trio. Oh yeah, hands down. Trent Philly got the best trio wide receivers. I would say the 49ers and the Rams are up there. And then Seattle too. I would take Seattle. Seattle up there. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's still a it's a hell of a start. It's top ten best wide receiver trios in the league. If you are Chicago, the division, yeah, yeah, I, I would, yeah. Yeah. If the Vikings kept Thielen, I would still go Minnesota. Yeah, but Thielen's gone. Who they got? They got Osgood there. Osborne. Yeah, so I would say the Lions, they got say Brown. They got mm, They got Say Brown, Jameson Williams, and then DJ Chark a free agent, and then Green Bay has Romeo Dobbs. Uh, Christian Watson, and I don't even know who their number three wide receiver is going to be because Lazar is gone and so is Cobb. No, they're, they're the best in the division. They, like you said, they're top ten. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, no, I'm going to say the Cardinals, but the Cardinals don't. No, no, D- no. <laughs> if D-Hop get traded, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, they, they, have the, they have one of the best. I like what they did there for my boy Justin Fields. Yeah, it's a it's a great move um, overall. And it's, a, it's definitely a step in the right direction, of course. And the duo linebacker core of uh, Tremaine Edmonds and T.J. Edwards was a great move as well. Also, to ask you about that, what do you think about their defensive their defensive moves and but their lack of offensive line moves? I mean, okay. they wanted Mike McGlinchey, but the Broncos gave him a better deal. Um, I'm surprised they weren't trying to. Well, they probably were in on uh, what's his name, Orlando Brown, 
But he said uh, yesterday or the day before he signed his deal, he had dinner with Joe Burrow. And so I'm sure the Broncos are more, I mean, the Bengals are a more enticing option. They might call for Jonah Williams. They could do they, that. They can have him. Jonah Williams is terrible. Um, yeah, they can. <laughs> go off. Um, I mean, honestly, it's not even just offensive line for me. Their defensive line has been kind of been ignored, too. Like, at least on their offensive line, they brought in Nate Davis, who was a solid uh, solid guard for the Titans for the past few years. But I think they brought in Andrew Billings, but that's it. Yeah, that's that's really it. And then they got Demarcus Walker. But let's be honest, you're not going to bat for those two guys. Like, yeah, this D-line finna raise some hell. That's not. I can see them. I can see them drafting. Uh, well, they should go O line, but I can definitely see them bolstering up that D line for sure. But, but yeah, they they got some targets. Like you said, you got Tyler Lewan out there. There's some targets on the offensive line that you can get that's not terrible. Yeah. So they got some targets if they want to kind of you know duct tape something. But yeah, yeah. And I mean, hey, if Laramie Tunsil is available to be traded, because we keep hearing him almost being traded every year, you can make that move as well. All right, let's go ahead and talk about uh, their individual rival, the Detroit Lions. I have very strong feelings about the David Montgomery trade. I mean, not trade, but signing. But we'll we'll leave that to another day because of I think the Cam Sutton move is better. Um, signed him through a three-year, $33 million deal with 24, 1.5 mil guaranteed. Help provides a really good slot corner, puts him on that defense where he can help coach up Jeff Okuda, Amari O., um, I like that move a lot for the Lions. It's personally my favorite move, and I think the best move they've done, I give it a B plus. Yeah, I give it a B plus as a whole. Um, I like what they did there. They also brought Emmanuel Mosley. That's mm-hmm. depth which, uh, that gets them better. Um, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. They're running back. Didn't they lose? They did lose Williams, didn't they? Yes, and they gave Jim, David Montgomery more money. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's wild. But, but to be um, fair. Dave Montgomery has been better overall, but for what they used Jamal Williams for, he was perfect in that role. And I don't think Montgomery's going to have that same fire that Jamal Williams had. Yeah, I definitely, I agree. Um, Kim said, like I said, was the Steelers' best corner last season. Um, we got him for three years, $30 million, $33 million. Uh, He said, definitely get going with Amari O and my boy Okuda. So no, I give it. I give it a bit. Like I said, I like the Emmanuel Mosley as death piece back there. So I give it a. I give it a bit. All right, Green Bay Packers have been very, very quiet in free agency. So of course we're going to ask an Aaron Rodgers based question. Do you think they are going to get multiple picks for Aaron Rodgers? Because right now that seems to be the holdup. Not only do they want a one this year, they want multiple first round picks. Do you think they're going to get it? Yes. Here's why. You basically, Earl Rodgers, as a lot of people say, basically just gave all the leverage to the Packers. So it's like, oh, you want him? How bad do you want him? Exactly. You want him? Because we just let him, if he want to retire, he can retire, but once he comes back out of retirement, we still own his rights. He's under contract. So how bad do you want him? You know what I'm saying? That's, that's what it comes down to. So Earl Rodgers on this podcast gave up all the leverage, saying that I talked to him and, I want to go there like, yeah, you tried, to, you tried to shit on the Packers, but you just made it that times hard. And like I said, the Packers are like a pimp. I'm not giving you my best, excuse my language, sorry for people out there, I'm not giving you my best hole for no compensation. No, so seriously. So you, you, you're going to give me what I, what I, what I need, and we're going to make it more. 
So no, definitely yes, they're gonna get more. Definitely. Because at the end of the day, we are talking about a four time MVP. I'm not just giving him away for anything either. I don't care if he's 38, 39. But on the other hand, it kind of doesn't. I'll say it like this. If you're the Packers, nobody else is doing all this for Aaron Rodgers. So pretty much it's Jets or nothing. And on the one hand, you're like, oh, screw it. I'm not going to trade him. Uh, we just going to thug it out. He can just sit on the bench or he can retire. I don't really care. But with the draft coming up, I can see it being one of those things where they want to have as much – are how as much as their arsenal to kind of rebuild this team and build around Jordan Love. So personally, if I'm the Jets, because this comes down to if it's worth the headache, which I we both agree it's not. But I would, I wouldn't give multiple ones for Aaron Rodgers. And I think that the closer we get to the draft, the more the Packers are just gonna budge and they're gonna end up doing it. If I was the Jets, I'd call it bluff. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll put out a little rumor here that we're interested in Lamar. So we're going to, you know, they want to drag their feet. You know, like it's, it's ways it's going to be played about it. But if I'm the Packers, I still stand pat. Because Ryan Rodgers is going to make $60 million this season. So if he if he doesn't get traded, as crazy and as awkward that it to be, I think he'll play for the Packers. Or if if you're the Packers, the do you even want him to play? I mean, you getting paid sixty million. Ain't about what I want you to do. You getting paid to do a job. So I mean, if you don't play, um, fine. You know, you could be don't come to training camp. You don't do that anyway. So at this point, I mean, either you gonna play for us, if we gonna get what we want, or you can retire. That's your options. But if the Jets ain't giving up multiples, we ain't doing that. Like you said, I am a I am a MVP, two time back to back MVP. Yeah. So uh, I'm just gonna hand you over to the Jets for just that. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, I you feel. Are, you. I know what I yeah. totally. If I'm the Packers, I get it. Not standing pat. The only problem is I feel like the only disadvantage is there's nobody else but the Jets. So it can't even be a bidding war. It's either that's fine. They come at you. Nah, I'm good. They come at you again. Nah, I'm good. They say if they say they don't want to give up more. Well, that's crazy. But the Jets are kind of right now. They're. We kind of talked about it a little bit. Besides Lamar, they're kind of desperate now. No, very much so. You done let free agency pass. Like, teams just want to move up. Like, you're going to have to give up core pieces to move up. And you don't want to do that. And you kind of let free agency roll past. So, unless you're like, okay, we're going all in on Lamar. And there's no guarantee. Even if you went all in on Lamar, who's to say the Ravens wouldn't be like, we can match that possibly, depending on what your deal is. So. I mean, at this point, you are desperate. So both teams, it just, it just depends on who has more to lose. Who has and more I, pride. That's basically what I, it comes down to. And I feel like, as a Packers, you like, okay, we can take it down here. We can, we can, at least we got Jordan Love, so we don't do We can take it down here. Versus the Jets, you were right there. You were this close. Your fans are happy. You were this close. So you want to make that move to be like, okay, we making this move to try to compete. So... I think they're a little more desperate, so I, I would say the Jets—they're going—they're going to give it up. They're going to give it up. If I'm the Jets, I, I wouldn't do it, Cause especially because, like I said, this would be a catastrophe. You pay. I wouldn't do it. Oh, I wouldn't do it. But what? I mean, like you said, it is—it's very hard because at this point, you let free agents pass you by, and they got the 13th overall pick. It's going to be a pain in the half trying to move up because you at least oh, yeah. you got to try to talk to Arizona. 
And Arizona ain't going to be asking for no picks. They're like, picks and players. Who you giving up? We'll take Quentin Williams off your hands. Do you really want to give up Quentin Williams? Definitely. Um, no, I would give up Quentin Williams, but not even that. It's just other teams that might want to bounce up there. You know what I'm saying with Arizona. So, I mean, it's you 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 playing a dangerous game. But if I'm the Packers, I'm like, hey, you're right. You are the only team, but we know you're the only team, and we know you need it. Yeah. So, what it's it's not a secret, and it's not like a like a Lamar Jackson situation where like Aaron Rodgers is tagged. You let go of Mike White. You let go of Mike White. You could have been like, okay, we're gonna thug it out with Mike White. I yeah. mean, it's Mike White, but still, you know, you let him go. Uh, like I said, Jacoby decided with other teams. I mean, you could like, always bring back Pretty Boy Flacco. Yeah. I mean, you could, or Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz. You know, MVP, uh, almost MVP. You know. I mean, that's their best move that they would I mean, have I would to take do. both of them over Zach Wilson. <laughs> What's Zach Wilson say? I'm going to try What they say in practice? He said, I was um, like, I'm going to make their life hell in practice. Oh, I would love to see Aaron Rodgers come down. I want to see that same energy. I'm going to like that like hell. No, nah, he's going to be a <laughs> fanboy if Aaron comes. But we, we shall see. We shall see. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, They possibly have found their cornerback one. I think they're still going to draft somebody. But they did bring in former Arizona Cardinal, Byron Murphy, on a two-year, $22 million deal. Yet another case of Byron Murphy coming in and taking over Patrick Peterson's leftovers. I get this move a B. I don't love it. But, I mean, they had to do something at the position after losing Pat P and Wave and Cam Dance. So, they had they couldn't just stand Pat. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give it a B plus. Uh, Pat Byron Murphy, 11 mil a year. Um, Byron Murphy is I. <laughs> um, that's uh, that's an understatement. So I feel like there are better options out there. I mean, it's just my opinion. Oh, for sure. I get young, you know what I'm saying, upside. But I feel like there were better options out there. Uh, I would have kept Patrick Peterson around. That's just my opinion. Um, so I, I give it a C plus. Like you said, I see why they did it. Um, I like the move of making bringing in Marcus Davenport. I like taking a flyer on a young person with the uh, upside. You know, he just got to stay healthy. Right. I think he can be Neil Hunter and he can learn from people that's on that line. So overall, I give him a C plus. All right. So for Atlanta. I don't know what, you know, we'll do Jesse Bates, a guy who you wanted bad, and you know the one in bad in free agency, but he decides to take his talents to the Dirty Birds uh, on a four-year, $64 million deal with 23 mil in year one, which you go, boy. How how much of an upgrade do you think Je- Jesse Bates provides to this Falcons defense, who is notoriously terrible, but how do you – how do you think he helps this group? Hopefully, twenty-three million guarantee help. Um, realistically, <laughs> it's an upgrade. Um, realistically, <sighs> they still need more. Oh, for sure. But, but he's he's your he's he's your best DB now. You have a leader in the locker room now. AJ Terrell is nice. On the other side, I don't know if you bring him back, old boy. Um, my name falls, but he's a veteran. Um, oh, um, um, Casey Hayward. 
Yeah, I think so he's on a multi-year deal. I think he has at least one more year left on his contract. Casey Hayward, Eddie Terrell, decent. They know you got Jesse Bates back there. They're decent. Um, I wouldn't have paid 23. I wanted them, you're right. But I wouldn't have paid 23, especially looking at we got Thornhill for seven. Um, but it's it's a, it's an upgrade. It's definitely an upgrade, but I'm not going to say it's, it's world-beater upgrade. Yeah. I don't love it, but I understand it. Um, I, I think it's still a good move overall. I mean, this is a – like I said, this defense has been bad for a long time. Safety has been a point of emphasis for them. And Jesse Bates is better than anybody you'd be able to get in this year's draft. So, yep. I like the move in that aspect. But that's a lot of money for the first year of the deal. But, I mean, hey, it's nice to see him get paid. He's still been one of the league's better safety. So, now a team is paying him like he is one. All right, let's talk about your Carolina Panthers. Well, they might be yours uh, after training for that first overall pick. Who knows? Maybe they could bring in your boy, C.J. Stroud. But for the time being, uh, they have definitely made it a bit interesting for whoever is going to be that quarterback by bringing in uh, running back Miles Sanders from Philly, then getting Hayden Hurst from uh, from uh, Cincinnati. I'm not going to lie to you. I like the Hayden Hurst move, but I'm actually shocked that he left Cincinnati. Do you think that Hayden Hurst finally solves the tight end issue that the Panthers have had since Greg Olson's retirement? Or do you think that they still should be looking to add at that position? I'm not going to add. Hayden Hurst had a good season last season. Like I look at Hayden Hurst as like this. When Hayden Hurst has other things around him, can definitely thrive. You look what he did in Atlanta, struggle, can do nothing. You look what he had in Cincinnati, it's easy when you have a Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and Higgins, you know, take all the attention off of you. Carolina, you don't got that. Um, the more is gone, um, so you, you don't really have that back there. So I think you need to add more. I think he'll be all right, but they need to add more. But Carolina as a whole, I like what they're doing. I like the Von Bell signing. I like the Julian Love signing. Oh, um, Julian Love went to uh, Seattle. He did. I thought he signed with uh, Carolina. You're right. He did go to uh, Seattle. It was Von Bell. I like the Von Bell signing. Me too. I, I like that signing. Brings a hard hitter back there. You already have one back there in Jeremy Tam, but brings a veteran back there. Miles Sanders, cheaper Christian McCaffrey. I don't like that move. I would have kept Dante Foreman. Yeah, he lived for cheap, too. He signed for us for cheap. He signed with Chicago for a one-year, $3 million deal. You telling me you couldn't have gave him a three-year deal for nine mil? Yeah, that was cheap. But I kind of like it. I like Miles Sanders' skill set. Um, catch him out the backfield, good runner. Like I said, he's a cheap man. Christian McCaffrey. Not as good, but I see what they were doing there. So, overall... I give him a C minus, but I do like the Von Bell signing. Yeah, the Von Bell sign is my favorite of the three. Um, but the Hayden Hurst, I give it a C plus. I think you still have to add a tight end, and he could be a really good backup, or you find some weapons to put around him. All right, let's look at the New Orleans Saints. They're riding high. They get Derek Carr, sign him to a four-year, $150 million deal. Everything's all gravy. And then they work out a contract with Michael Thomas, signing him to a new one-year deal worth $10 mil with a max of $15 mil. And then he also has two non-void years left on his previous contract. So 
with Michael Thomas, I mean, he was a guy who back in, what was that, 2018, 2019, was the man, led the league in, I want to say, receptions and receiving yards, but injuries have just wrecked him. Do you think that 2023 will be a resurgent year for him with Derek Carr under center? Um, I think it's the first, I think it's the season that he stays healthy. I think he's going to, do, I think he get a thousand yards, yeah. Um, I think it's the season that he's going to stay healthy. Um, so I will say, yes, it's a resurgent year for him. He has a chance to be the comeback player of the year. Um, the Saints overall are interesting. Um, the moves that they made, I mean, they brought back Jameis. Jamal Williams was a good move for them. Uh, I like the Kalen Saunders move on the D line. So they're they're definitely interesting. Um, I like their receiving core. Like I said, if Michael Thomas can stay healthy. My boy Ohio State, obviously Chris Olave, he's there. Um, you have the other guy that's over there. Can't think of his name. Uh, he's been sticking around for a couple years. Oh, you talking about uh, uh, undrafted rookie, the dreadhead? Yeah. Okay, I know what yep. you're talking about. I can't think of his name, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Productive. So no, they they have a chance. Um, they're interesting. It's their division, but, hands down. Yeah, yeah. But to your question, yeah, I think Michael Thomas stays healthy this season. He gets to a thousand yards. I don't think he's the old Michael Thomas that we know, but I think he's going to be a thousand yard receiver. Do you think he leads the division in receiving yards? Because I mean, you still got Mike Evans. You still got Chris Godwin. You still got Chris Olave, who's coming off a really good rookie year. Um, you got a Drake London, maybe Kyle Pitts. This is his year. It's a lot of other options in that division. Um, I'm gonna say no. He's not. I think it's going to be Chris Olave. Um, and I would say Mike Evans. No disrespect, but I, we we'll talk about why I say Mike Evans. Why I'm like, hey, oh my goodness, but. Um, I think it's going to be Chris Olave. Chris Olave is going to lead the division in receiving yards, I believe. Well, let's talk about why it's L. Mike Evans. Because even though, obviously, the move I love for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was bringing back Levante David. Y'all know I love me some Levante David over here. But they signed Baker Mayfield to a one-year deal up to eight and a half mil with four mil in guarantees. And before free agency started, they were talks of, yeah, we like Kyle Trask and Trask and we can roll into the season with him. Well, now Baker's here. He's probably going to be coming in the training camp feeling dangerous. So over under Baker Mayfield starts 10 games for the Bucks this season. Under. Really? Under. Yes. So who do you um, think is the other games? Trask? I think they I think it's Trask or they draft someone, but I'm gonna say Trash. I'm gonna say Trash does it. He's been in the system. He's been there familiar, learn behind time. You gotta see what you got in him. Um Baker think I think Baker starts six games at the most. Um <laughs> that's why I didn't say Mike Evans. Because it's throwing it to him. Uh, I think Baker will be throwing it to the other team a lot. So, yeah. Interesting note, though, I wanted to ask you. It was important that, you know, the Ravens was looking into Baker and the <laughs> So, I wanted to ask you, like, I didn't get a chance to ask you, like, what would have been your reaction if they were to sign Baker? <laughs> I would have, logically, I would have understood, but I would have been disgusted because, hell no. I would much rather have taken Jacoby Brissett. I told you, if we were going to sign up like a backup, I wanted Taylor Heineke, and I would have been cool. 
So I'm happy. Shout out to the Bucks for not putting Raven through that. But nah, that would have that wouldn't have been fun. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you, cause what they got the 19th overall pick. I don't think they're gonna trade up. I think they have too many needs to trade up, and I don't think they're gonna use that pick on a quarterback. I think it's gonna be. I think it's Baker's season. I don't know if he's gonna start every single game, but I think it's gonna be in the teens. I think. I think it's gonna be a whole lot of Baker. Yeah, that's oh, bad. What a what a drop off from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield. No, I dealt with Baker, so I know a whole other thing. Life comes at I you know, fast. Now he gonna give you them games where he gonna look like oh, so that's why he was number one overall. Okay, he had a good. Then he gonna give you them games like what are we doing? Like it's gonna be a nice seven. mix. Yeah, oh yeah, they they definitely. That's why I said six games. They definitely go two and four. I think they might go two and four and be like, yeah, we gotta kill Bobby. I think, I, I, I think he's gonna start. I don't know if I'm he's gonna start every game, but I think he's gonna start most of the season. Starting, but I don't. Know. I'm not saying it's gonna be good, but I think he's gonna start. Might, you right? They might be checking for Caleb Williams. You know, they might be like, yeah, we're gonna take for Caleb. Who knows? Who knows? All right, let's go ahead and move on to the NFC West. The Arizona Cardinals have been very quiet uh, thus far in free agency, but they still. Do have a player of interest for a lot of people, a la DeAndre Hopkins. I thought a trade would have been done by now, but alas, here we are. Still waiting to see where is D-Hop going to land next. Of course, we could talk all day about where we think he's going to go, but honestly, I think the more interesting question is what is he going to cost? Especially because you see a tight end who's in his prime. Darren Waller goes for a third-round pick. It's been a while. I think the last wide receiver to go for a first-round picks were uh, Tyreek Hill and uh, Devontae Adams last year. But it's and then but you then you get Amari Cooper goes for a five. So the market for pass catchers on the trade market is weird. How much do you literally – how much do you think it is going to cost a team to get D-Hop? Mm. Well, we're doing a Cardinals award at least two. Yeah. But I'm going to say it's going to cost you – I'm going to say – they're not moving. I'm going to say a, I want to say a four, but I'm going to be respectful and say three. I'm going to say a three, you get them. I want to say a four. I want to say, I think a four. I want to say a four. Like, that's what I was saying. My first thought was a four, but I'm going to say he's going to get three. I think a team's going to be like, listen, we're going to listen. They give you what? We'll give you a three. Because you got to think about it. What receiver in the third round you're going to draft is going to be better than D. I would take D hop over any receiver in this class right now. Exactly, but you don't want to give up your assets. You no, know what I'm saying? The first not. one, second round pick. You're not going to tell would, the Cardinals you want him more than any of those other receivers because they'd be like, all right, bet. Give me your one. I tell, I tell you what, though. I'll put it to you like this. I would give a two up faster for Diop than I would Jared Judy. Hands down. Put, Hands down because the Broncos are out of their mind because apparently they want at least a one for Jerry Judy. I'm not giving a one for any of their wide receivers. Y'all smoking something. Yeah, so – I would do I would do it faster for him, but I would say a, I'm gonna say a three get him. Whoever gives him a three gonna get him. But don't you think a team would have gave him a three by now? <sighs> I refuse to believe nobody has called them and been like, "Hey, I'll give you a three. I just refuse to believe that. Well, we probably called and said we'll give you a three, <laughs> but <laughs> but I think I think I think D I'll get moved on draft night. That's what I believe. I don't think D I'll gets moved before draft night. I think. 
Dion's going to get moved on draft night. When people start falling and they see people falling, like, all right. Card to card, might be like, all right. We, we see a player that's keep falling, that's there. What you got for him? So I, I think he gets moved on draft night. But I would I would say a three going to get him. A three going to get him. Yeah, I think realistically a three or four. I think it really comes down how much money going to take on that contract. I think that's more of the that's oh, more no. of the decision. All right. Well, he so, wanted to move contract. Apparently. I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, he's. I think he has like maybe one or two years left on his current deal, so I'm not surprised. You want that security? Come to ball. I mean, every other wide receiver signing for 11 mil a year. Come on, D Hop, we'll get you 11 mil a year too. That's y'all. That's the going way, way for receivers right now. All right, uh, San Francisco 49ers. Not usually a team that makes crazy moves, but they did make a splash. Uh, day one signing defensive tackle Javon Hargrave to a four-year, eighty-four million dollar deal with forty mil guaranteed. Your team was in the running to get Javon Hargrave. However, the 49ers just that eighty-four mil did some for him. They ended up getting him. How would you grade this move? Move wise, I give it a hey, money wise, I'm suspect. You know, that's a lot of money to give a third year old. Now move wise, excellent move, especially with that D line they have on defense. Excellent move for them. Um, but I would, like I said, it's just the money for me that's hesitant. Um, that's a lot of money. Yeah, we were in the running, but we, we, we lost out on two D-tackles because we didn't pay them enough. And, you know, I'm going to talk about the other one when we get a chance to, but, um, no, that's a, that's a lot of money. But for San Francisco, that's a day. They definitely approved their D-line in the middle. Now you have Bosa there. Right alongside them, no. I give it an A, but money-wise, I'm a little, I'm like, dang. No, I, I totally understand. So, I'm going to meet you in the middle. I'm going to say a B minus. Because on the one hand, it's a good fit. But on the other hand, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And, and I don't, look, Javon Hargrave is good, but yeah. 84 mil good? And I got to pay, what? I got to pay Brandon Ayuk soon. Um, what's his name? I gotta pay uh Nick Bosa soon. Tafunga yep. back there at safety need a deal soon. That's yeah, Chris McCaffrey gonna ask for some money soon. Yeah, hell, the, look, don't Brock, let Brock Purdy come out here going crazy again. Then you gotta worry about paying him. Yeah. So, but, but hey. yeah, we we lost out on like that's the thing about I'm glad Cleveland do this season. Like we lost out on we offered a. Raymond Jones, the same contract the Seattle did. The only difference is that front loaded thing. We're not going to give you twenty three million or twenty one million front loaded, and that's what lost out on the D tackles is that we offered the money. It's just they wanted it up front, which is understandable. You want your money up front, you go, you get it up front. So yeah. that's a lot for and, one year. And speaking of Draymond Jones, Seattle Seahawks, the last team. Yep, three year, fifty one point five three mil. Sending his title, his talents up to the Pacific Northwest, and he will be making twenty three and a half mil year one, making thirty five mil over the first two years. I like Draymond Jones, I really do. I think he's been very underrated throughout his career. But with that being said, do I think he comes in and fixes the Seahawks' defensive line? No. Do I think he comes in and makes their defensive line one the best in the league? No. So why am I giving you 23.5 mil in the first year? Yeah, that's, that's wild. I think they panicked because they knew the Browns was, was right there. I think they was like, all right, we're going to give you the same deal. We're just going to front load it. Uh, yeah, I 
Yeah, it does. It, it does. And like I said, it hurt my heart because I want to drink my dogs. I did. But, you know, he's a, like he said on Twitter, he's an FS Hawk now. Um, I give it too. A, you want to yeah. give me tw- 23 mil in the first year? Please. Yep, I'm with you. I'm here. Yeah, I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him. A, I'm gonna give him a. I'm gonna give him a B. Um, I like that they brought Jordan Reed. So yeah, Jordan Reed, Jermon Jones in the middle. Um, interesting enough, they signed Devin Bush. That's interesting. Ill. Very. I know. I know. We all need backup linebackers. We do, but that's interesting. Um, so Seattle, I give him a B for that move. But yeah, they they really was like, yeah, we we gonna give you up front. Hey, and hey, I ain't mad at you. Because at, at some point when it does get in those moments where it is a bidding war, you got to figure out, all right, what's going to put me over the top? Yep. Money is a great motivator. So I ain't mad at it. All right, let's go ahead and talk the top five winners and losers of free agency so far. So let's start off on a positive note with winners. Do you want to just give your list and I give mine? Alternate. How do you want to go? Um, we can alternate. All right, bet. So, uh, starting off at number five, who is your fifth biggest winner of free agency so far? Fifth biggest winner of free agency so far. Um, I'm going to say yes, Cleveland. Um, we went out, we got our needs, and we didn't overpay. Um, that's something I'm not used to. Uh, we have a story. We got a starting, starting safety. We got someone on the other side of Miles, potentially. Um, we got Dalvin Tomlinson. And we added death pieces on the D-on-D tackle to stop the run. So, I feel like we didn't have to give up any assets. We didn't pay that much money. So, I'm going to say Cleveland. All right. For me at five, I'm going to say Jalen Ramsey. Going from California to Florida, that ain't half bad. Not to mention, you're still going to make a whole bunch of money. You're going to be playing on an overall pretty good defense, paired up with another good corner and Xavier Howard, and a team that has a chance to make it to the playoffs and maybe more depending on what their offense is looking like. So Jalen Ramsey, in my opinion, was a big winner. Uh, All right, what about number four? All right, number four, I'm going to go Stephon Gilmore. Um, you went from the Colts who not going nowhere to the Cowboys who's going to potentially be in the playoffs. Um, you go somewhere to where you're going to be loved. They're going to help you out. Basically, number one corner. He was number one there. Um, I'm gonna say Stephon Gilmore. You went from you went from Indianapolis to Dallas. So I'm gonna say Stephon Gilmore. All right, for me at four, I have the New Orleans Saints. We just talked about it. I think that it's their division unless they absolutely blow it. They have the best quarterback in the division. They have, in my, you know, they definitely still have the best running back in the division. I think I would say they have the best defense, too. Eh. Between the, no, I would take their defense because I like their, their secondary is better. So I would say the Saints have the best defense as well. I mean, just from top to bottom, the Saints look good. I mean, they get Derek Carr, quarterback. Like you said, they bring Kayla Saunders on that defensive line, also bringing in, bringing in other guys um, to help kind of fill those holes that were left by Shai Tuttle, uh, who went to, I believe, they went to the Panthers. So, And you were able to work, rework a deal with arguably your best wide receiver. So I think that things have been going really well for the Saints thus far. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, number three for me, um, I'm going to say Cincinnati more importantly, Joe Burrow. Um, you upgraded. Um, you have Orlando Brown there. You know he's going to be there long term now. Um, Brown, 
played the whole seasons. He kept McCombs clean for the most part. Now you have one of the better left tackles in the league, in my opinion. Um, there you go. You needed that. Again, I said you need someone that can possibly stop Miles Garrett on the other side. He wreaks havoc every time he plays Joe. Um, not only that, just anybody. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not just Joe. It's, it's anybody, so. No, I, I like the I like what Cincinnati did there with Orlando Brown. They went in, they took their chance, they swung, they hit. So I'm saying number three, Cincinnati. All right, my number three is Da Bears. I mean, we talked about extensively trading that first overall pick. You still get to stay in the top ten. You get in a number one wide receiver in DJ Moore. You're bringing in two really good linebackers in Tremaine Edwards and uh, I mean. Yeah, Tremaine Edmonds and T.J. Edwards. Um, you're making bringing in Nate Davis and and you bring in Dante Foreman, who was really really good for the Panthers this past year. You make the Packers weaker by bringing in their best tight end, Robert Tunyon. So the Bears are really making strides in the right direction. Of course, they still need to kind of work on the trenches, but the Bears have a chance to make some noise this season. And I think that I think that this offseason kind of really helps set them up for the future. Okay. I see that number two for me would be the Miami Dolphins. Um, obviously, Jalen Ramsey, but obviously we're going to talk about, I'm going to say this, Xavier Howard, yes, he's a top corner, but we've also said that he's regressed. We talked about this off the air, that he's regressed. And it's hard when we ranking it, we like, well, where does he rank? Because he was getting, he got beat. He's been getting beat these last past couple of years. He took a step back. But now I believe I like what they're doing on defense. They also saw David Long Jr., linebacker. Mm-hmm. That was a good move. Um, they're strengthening their defense. And you need somebody who can hold up against Stephon Gilmore over there when you play them for the division or uh, going up against uh, the Jets and what they have at wide receivers. So definitely like what Miami did, they're definitely going to be competitive, especially on defense. So I think they're the biggest winner here is number two. All right, next up for my number two is Russell Wilson. Y'all already know I love my brother-in-law, and I love it better when my brother-in-law has some blocking. Like we talked about when we were looking at their moves, spent quite a bit of money bringing in Ben Powers, who just had a terrific year in Baltimore, and you get Mike McGlinchey uh, from San Francisco. Plus, they're going to get Garrett Bowles back. He should be coming back at week one, or at least not too far from it, coming off that uh, ACL injury. Those are going to be huge additions for Russ as he kind of looks forward to having a bounce-back year in his first year with Sean Payton. So that's my number two. All right, my number one is Chicago Bears. Um, last year, Jalen Hurts, I mean, not Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields had absolutely nothing to work with out there. This year, it went out. They got a DJ Moore. They still kept the number one overall pick. They got DJ Moore. They also now have Mooney, and they have Claypool. They have three targets out there. Their wide receiver, I mean, their tight end, man, it's not bad. So you have targets out there. You went out. You got two linebackers that's the middle of your core and C.J. Edwards and also um, Tremont Edmonds. So you got your fan base kind of happy a little bit. They see what you're doing, and they're like, okay, cool. So I like what they did today. They also got Devontae Foreman. For one year, for three mil, that's a nice move for them. So, no, nah, I'm going to say the Bears is the winner and also Justin Fields. Uh, my number one is Philly. I mean, you know you have a good team when you have multiple free agents and big-name free agents who can make big money on the market available, and they all want to come back. You bring back Brandon Graham, you bring back Fletcher Cox, Darius Slay, and James Bradbury, four of the most important pieces of 
one of the league's best defenses a season ago. Of course, you're still kind of up in the air with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, but I just the the fact that the Eagles have been able to keep so many core pace players in tow, and still you just drafted Nicobe Dean, who I think is going to be terrific in his starting linebacker role. Jordan Davis, who you just spent a first-round pick on last year, who I think is really going to take big strides, especially with Javon Hargrave gone. And then you still got two first-round picks to work with to add to your secondary. The Eagles, this offseason, I know it's been expensive, and they've had to rework quite a bit, but the Eagles are doing terrific work uh, this past these past few weeks. All right, now let's talk about the biggest losers so far free agency. At five for me, I got Dak Prescott. I know that Ezekiel Elliott hasn't been great these last few years, but if we don't know anything about Dak is he thrives on a run game. If he has to throw the ball 30, 40 times a game, it's not going to work out. And like I said, Zeke wasn't perfect, but him and Tony Pollard did a nice job of bouncing off the two and kind of working to each other's strengths. So if the as of right now, the Dallas Cowboys have not replaced Zeke, and they still haven't added another wide receiver to pair with CeeDee Lamb. And so if you're trying out this offense that's the CeeDee Lamb, Dak Prescott, and Tony Pollard show, I think it's going to show, again, that Dak Prescott is the weak link. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, my number five is the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, you haven't done nothing to get better at all. You have made no traction in that division. Everybody in that division is, is ahead of you. Um, your biggest move was bringing in Jimmy G. Not a big fan of Jimmy G. Jacoby Myers is eh. Um, he traded away your number two best target that you had in Darren Waller. Um, I'm going to say the Vegas. Like I said, you haven't done anything to make it seem like you're going to be competitive in that division. Um, to me, you took a step back at quarterback. Like I said, it's a lateral move, but you took a step back at quarterback. And like I said, when you're competing against Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and what they have out there, you don't have enough. Um, yes, you franchise tagged Josh Jacobs, but it's like, okay, now what? So, yes, you have Devontae Adams, sure, but you need more than that. Defensively, you're a joke. I'm just being honest with you, you're a joke. Um, you haven't done anything, so for me, I'm, I'm going to say the Raiders. I'm a, my number four is very similar to just about most of what you said with the Vikings. I mean, with the Raiders, and that's the Minnesota Vikings. Like, you guys make the playoffs – win their division for the first time in what feels like forever, and now you're just picking apart that team. Like, I, the Adam Thielen thing, I get to an extent. It sucks that they couldn't work out a contract, but now you desperately need a number two wide receiver. Fast forward, your defense already was not great, and now you're making it weaker. You lose Patrick Peterson, who's your best corner. You get Ray Cam Dancer, who you brought in thinking he had potential. Eric Kendricks is gone, and he was your most consistent linebacker. Um, you lose Dalvin Thomason, who was a key cog in the middle of your defense. Yes, you get a Marcus Davenport and a Byron Murphy, but I feel like the Vikings are regressing at the wrong time. Like, if anything, this was the perfect time to strengthen your team so you can continue years of dominance over the NFC North. But now the division just feels very – I don't think there's much of a gap between them and the Lions and the Packers and the Bears right now. I think that division – I won't say it's totally wide open – but I don't think it's much – it's not much space between any of the teams. Um, number four for me is the Tennessee Titans. Um, they have a plan. 
do. We just don't know what it is. Um, Malik Willis definitely did not look like he was ready. Um, your parents was yeah, you got Arden Key, but your parents was up on. Your cornerbacks are iffy. You don't have a. I feel like they don't have a plan. But on to that can help the show. Dan. So, now you got overtaken by the general. So, yeah, I think they're the biggest. Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I actually have the Titans at three for most of everything that you said. It really just, for me, it just comes down to you get rid of all these players, you get all this cap space, and you're doing absolutely nothing with it. Like, even if you don't trade Ryan Tannehill or Derrick Henry, and you, on the positive, you get Harold Landry back from his ACL tear, but it's like, what else? And it doesn't seem like they're going to trade up from 11. And like you said, they still have so many holes on this team. And they're really going to be screwed if they mess around and cut Kevin Bayard. So, yeah, the Titans, they're my number three. I think they've done nothing but lose this offseason. Okay, my number three. This one was hard. But I'm going to say, I'm going to go Kansas City. And it's hard to say Kansas City is a lose because they just won a Super Bowl. But I'm going to say... We saw how it was when Patrick Mahomes didn't have time in that Super Bowl. You went out and you rebuilt that offensive line. Orlando Brown was a big piece to lose. And you go from Orlando Brown to Jawan Taylor, and you wind up paying him more, I believe. Yes. That's a downgrade. You lost Juju. I mean, you lost Juju. That's still a receiver. He still came along. Say what you want about Juju. In the Super Bowl, he came around for you. Um, he was a weapon for you last year. So you lose that. You let go of a leader of Frank Clark on your D-line. You let him go. You lost Juan Thornhill in the backfield back there. Um, you're really losing more than you're gaining. I understand they have young players and they drafted players, but I still feel like some of those pieces you could have kept around. Um, so for me, I'm saying number three is the Chiefs. All right, number two is Lamar Jackson. Uh, we talked about this already, but it just feels like Lamar Jackson is very talented. He's a top 10 quarterback in this league, no doubt about it. But it's very telling that no team has been like, you know what? Baltimore don't want to give him a fully guaranteed deal. I will. Like, screw what the owners say. Screw the Deshaun Watson deal. We're going to pay Lamar. Nobody has done it. You have. We haven't even heard anybody even reaching out to Lamar. And I feel like it's one of those things where it's like the owners are making an example out of him, but it's also like there's still teams that need quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson is still better than almost every other quarterback that was added. Like, for example, the Jets could use him. The Titans could still use them if they don't want to ride out with Ryan Tannehill. Atlanta, um, Washington, uh, the list goes on and on. And yet, nothing. Absolutely nothing. So, while I, I don't want to say I think this is a humbling experience for Lamar, I think it's going to show him Baltimore wasn't crazy not to give you a fully guaranteed deal because my brother nobody is. 
That's funny, because that's my number two. My number two is the fans of the Washington Commanders, the Indianapolis Colts, Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Panthers. They're the biggest losers here. And I say that because you don't go out there on Lamar Jackson. Um, how do you sell your fans who pay their own money and be like, yeah, we want to win. We, we want to put our best team out there, our best foot forward, and we want to win. When you have the resources and the cap space and the opportunity to go out there, when you have a 26-year-old former league MVP out there on the line and they're saying, hey, you want him where he is, and you don't even make an attempt to go get him. So to me, I feel like that's the ones that's losing. I say the fans of those teams, I would be pissed to prove a point. Yes, you're proving a point, and I get I get the bad. Like I said, I get it. Two hundred and some million dollars is crazy. You know what I'm saying? I get it. But but my only argument, my pushback to the argument I've always said when it comes to teams like that is it's like what quarterback that you're going to draft, you know is going to be better than Lamar for a fact. For one, you know what Lamar is. Yes, he's been hurt, but who's to say the quarterback that you draft won't get hurt? Two, you're a billionaire. Each year, you get paid more and more money. You're getting TV deals. You're getting sponsorships. So if you're these franchises that star for a quarterback and you're these fans who spend their money, they come. And I know I used to be one in Cleveland who spend their money on a team. And you're like, man, and you're trying to sell them. We want to win. But you go out and sign Jacoby Brissett. It's kind of like a slap in the face. So I'm going to say my number two is the, is the fans of those teams. And then my number one, we talked about them a lot, but it's the Jets. Just because yep. they're in a between a rock and a hard place. There's no winning this situation. That's mine too. Yeah, that's definitely mine too. Uh, we definitely agree on that. The Jets are, well, there's no one. You have stuck yourself out there. Like, you have, you literally have put yourself out there like a hoe. Excuse my language. But you just throw yourself out there. Like, you sound desperate as hell. Like, you let all these other quarterbacks ride past. You let all these other quarterbacks get signed. Now you have no other option. You have an option, but you're not going to go out and sign Lamar, right? So now it's Lamar, and now it's Aaron Rodgers or nothing. And you're going to get them what they want. You're going to give them whatever they ask for. So it's the Jets for me as number one. They're the biggest losers. Yeah, hands down. All right, let's go ahead and do some bold predictions. Uh, We got five. Um. What's your number five? What's your five for the remainder of I mine are based around like the remaining free agents, but if you just want to do like free agencies last the off season in general, that works too. So what's your fifth biggest bold prediction? Fifth biggest bold prediction. Okay. That's a good one. I didn't have a big one, but I'm a big one on the spot. Biggest boldest prediction. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson gets a contract. My team calls and trades for Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And they're going to give him the contract that he wants. That's fair. Probably my biggest bold prediction, so I don't know if you all have read the reports, but after uh, Odell Beckham's workout, reportedly he won 20 mil a season. <laughs> I love Odell. One of my LSU guys forever. There ain't no way in Hell, I would give Odell a contract, and I think that's what most teams are also going to say. So my bold prediction is Lamar, Je- I mean not Lamar, Odell Beckham signs a deal for less than $10 million a season. 
I feel like it could be something that could work its way up to maybe around 15, but flat out base salary, I think it's going to be less than 10. Okay. I don't think it's going to be pretty. But all right, let's go ahead and look at kind of the draft outlet uh, outlook for teams now after that first week of free agency. So many moves have been made and thus adjusting things. So we just we can just look at the top 10. So Carolina Panthers holding on to that first overall pick from the Chicago Bears. It's clear that they're going to take a quarterback here, but it's no longer it never it doesn't seem like it's Bryce Young and the Temptations no more. It seems like it's really an open dialogue between Young, Stroud, and even Anthony Richardson. So, Carolina Panthers, first overall pick. Where do you see them going right now? Uh, well, my heart wants them to go. Where I see them going is two different things. Yeah, I know. I want, we know where I want them to go, but I think they're going to draft Bryce Young. Um, I think if I was a GM... Hard to side, I would drive Bryce Young. Harder conference, SEC. Uh, performed well. Um, I would say Bryce Young. I think they're going to go Bryce Young. I hate to say it, but I think that I would not be shocked if they took Anthony Richardson. Cam Newton, re- Cam Newton reverse. Something like that. And then also... Like, I've, I've said this a lot, but if you take a guy like Anthony Richardson, you can't expect him to start week one and be fine. Like, he needs time to develop. And then they just signed Andy Dalton, a more than capable spot starter. He could be kind of the bridge guy while you're trying to get Anthony Richardson where he needs to be. So, I honestly would not be shocked if they took Anthony Richardson. Should they? Absolutely not. I think it's a terrible decision. But it would not surprise me. As a as a as a... As a person that's been a fan of the Panther community, I I I would feel some type of way. Uh, we have the first overall pick. We have nothing exciting in our fan base since Kevin Newton has left. And you're going to draft a quarterback that's not ready to play yet just because he ran a fast 40 and T-shirts and shorts versus you can get a quarterback in C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young who day one can start. And we see all these other young quarterbacks get out there and play. I would be pissed. No, I, I I would feel some type of way if I'm, you know. But be smart, Carolina. Don't don't fall into the hype. Be smart. Go and get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. I would love you if you got CJ Stroud, but being a GM, I would go Bryce Young. Like I said, Bryce Young, he's athletic. He can move around. He can extend plays. He can throw. He's played a tougher conference. Um, he's played against the players that's going to be drafted. Think about all defensive players in the SEC that's coming out. Bryce Young is playing against them. So, you need that. So, go ahead, draft Bryce Young. Be smart. Just be smart. Don't overthink it. Don't be stupid. Well, hey, look, I'll say this. If Bryce Young is there at two, I think Houston wraps him up. No matter what, they get in the quarterback. It's just a matter of who. All right, let's move on to the number three uh, overall pick. Arizona Cardinals. Would you oh, they- tr- trade back? <laughs> Or no. would you stand pat and get a guy like if you love Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson? What do you do? I'm trading back, not even a conversation, but you know, just for sake of conversation. If I stand pat, I'm getting Will Anderson. Yeah, um, yes, damn. Back, trade back, but they need, they need, they need that. They need a pass rusher. Um, I, I, I would go Will Anderson. If I stand pat, I'm going Will Anderson. 
Yeah, I already said perfect world. If I'm Indianapolis, I'm calling Arizona. I'm trying to move up one. Just to ensure, hey, maybe Carolina will take uh Anthony Richardson. Cool. And then let's say Bryce Young goes to the Texas, I get CJ Stroud. I got a starter for ten years. Or Maybe they really do like Will Levis. Get that route. I just would not want to run the risk of having that fourth pick. So that begs the question of, let's say three quarterbacks go off the board. Do you put in an offer for Lamar, or do you take your shot at four to get your quarterback of the future? I mean, if I'm the coach, I go after Lamar. I know what I'm doing. I mean, at that point, if threw him off the board, I mean, your option is Richardson. But again, you fall to the same thing. He's not ready. And as and as coach fans, I know they tired of getting quarterbacks. Who like, man, look, give him a young quarterback. Lamar is still young. He's twenty six. So I, I would I would trade the four in my pick next year to Baltimore and be like, hey, let me get Lamar from y'all. I would too. I would, especially considering you don't know who you're gonna get it for. Who's even gonna be available? I would also go the Lamar route. All right, let's talk about the Seattle Seahawks. Now, in the past, um, before they signed Geno to the extension, they mentioned that they're doing their homework on quarterbacks and they're doing their due diligence. They did sign uh, Drew Locke back on a one-year deal, as we all know, gave Geno that money. But do you think at five they should entertain the thought of getting a quarterback or do you think that they should use this pick elsewhere? No, oh, they can go elsewhere. I will go, I will go down. That's where I will go Tommy Wilson. Um, I'll go D-line. Um, you just signed Jeremiah Jones. You got Reed, but you need Spy on the edge. Um, and he's there. Um, quarterbacks at this point are gone. You can't trade for one. You already signed Geno. Geno showed that he can thrive in that offense, and he has chemistry with the receivers now. So I would rock it out with Geno, and I would go defense. I would go edge. So that's where I would go Tyree Wilson. Yep, I feel that. Um, Tyree put him with Draymond Jones and Uchenna Nuoso, who y'all just had signed last year. Yeah, I've yep. been agreeing with you. I mean, no, again, no point of creating a problem that's not there, especially for somebody who's just going to be sitting. All right, the Detroit Lions are a team that they did just add – Two cornerbacks in Cam Sutton and Emmanuel Mosby. Mosby. So, who knows? Maybe they will not use the sixth overall pick on a corner. But So, let's say they do go edge. At this point, who do you think would be the best choice here? Or would you go edge rusher or would you maybe bite the bullet and take the chance on Jalen Carter? I would go Jalen Carter. You have Aiden, you have Aiden on one side. Uh, I'd say you need something in the middle. So I would go Jalen Carter. Um, yes, he's a troublemaker. Yes, we got reports that he didn't do good in his pro day and everything. But still, we still. Um, you need something on the D line. Um, you are secondary. You try to address that in free agency. Um, linebackers is something you would need. But I would I would go line. So I would go Jalen. Jalen. I would build young. You have eight. You have Jalen Carter. Two young pieces out there, I would go Jalen Carter. I would too. I mean, I think that the Lions have a good enough locker room to kind of get him into shape and kind of help him through the immaturity issues he has going on and get him into physical shape so he can play. I would go Jalen Carter as well. All right, the Las Vegas Raiders, we know that this pick is not going to be used on a quarterback. There's just so many needs for this team. Personally, at seven, I would go O-line if I'm the Raiders. But, like I said, there's a lot of places they could go. What do you think has to be the top priority if you're Vegas? Oh, definitely O-line. Like you said, uh, you just put that money on Jimmy G, and we know he's fragile. Um, 
and you have nothing behind him. You know, so no, I would definitely go online. So I'm with you on that one. Spend a pick on the online. All right, let's look at eight with the Atlanta Falcons, another team that seems to be out of the Lamar Jackson conversation. I mean, they just brought in Jesse Bates into that secondary, but haven't made many moves in that front seven. What do you think would be the bigger priority here at eight? Adding to that secondary, adding maybe another corner, or getting an edge rusher? Mm, I would have to build a corner. I would go Christian Gonzalez. Um, that's the place I was not. I would go from Oregon. Um, you don't know if hey, we're coming back. AJ Terrell has been decent for you. You signed Jesse Bates. Why not get another young corner on the other side? Um, edge rushers, there's this draft has plenty of them. You have second pick, second round pick. You get edge rushers in the second round, so you have depth there. But corner after corners, it's getting thin, and you have somebody like Christian Gonzalez in there, who I like from Oregon. So, no, I, I would go Christian Gonzalez there. I would go corner. Yeah, we're in agreement. Um, I'm actually working on my next mock draft, and I had Gonzalez going to Atlanta. All right, number nine. We talked about this. The Bears have spent a lot of money and gotten a lot of pieces everywhere, but the trenches have been a slightly bit neglected with the ninth overall pick, kind of a similar question uh, to that of the Las Vegas Raiders. Where are you using this pick for, O-line or D-line? Oh, both could use it. I um, say O line. I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna say O line to protect your investment. I mean, Justin Fields is a quarterback, obviously. Um, he got destroyed these last couple of days, so I would say, I would say O line. All right, and then last but certainly not least, round out the top ten, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, they added back to their secondary. We all know bringing back Slay, Bradbury. And breeding in greedy, interested to see what his role is going to be. Not to mention Avante Maddox is still in tow. A lot of people in their mock drafts have had Philly go DB with that tenth pick. Do you think that's still the way to go, or do you think they look elsewhere? They look elsewhere. I think they go D line. Um, Fletcher Cox is there one more year. You just lost Javon Hargrave, so I think they beef up the middle. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna say D lineman. I think. I, if Jalen Carter finds himself there, I could see them going D tackle. I think yeah, in, I think in my mock I have them getting Nolan Smith out of uh, Georgia. I think that's the move. I would go there. Um, again, Brandon Graham's just there for one more year. Hassan Reddick is awesome, but you got to get another piece by him. I would go D line. Talking about Miles Murphy. Miles Murphy is cool. I don't love him per se. I like Nolan Smith more. I think Nolan has more potential. I think what Miles Murphy is right now is what you're gonna get, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think he's still gonna wind up going at worst, maybe top thirteen. But I like I like Nolan Smith more. That's fair. I had Miles Murphy going to the Eagles though, but that's fair. I think. Who do I? Where do I have my? I think I had Miles Murphy going to Atlanta in my first mock. Emphasis on the think, but yeah, I think he's still gonna go early. But I'm he's not one of my favorite prospects, but I understand why people like him. But all right, that is our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, this was a long one, but we got to talk about a lot of great football things because the gag is this is just one weekend of free agency. There's still quite a few players. Um, on the market who could be who's still looking for new teams so 
probably with next week's show or the week after, we're going to have a lot more resolution to some of the offseason's biggest questions. So we asked this question to close out the show earlier this week. So I'm going to ask you, of the remaining free agents, perfect world, who do you want to be a Cleveland Brown? My remaining free agent, Bobby Wagner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't heard much luck besides Dallas calling him. Um, so He's going back me, to Seattle. Y'all know that, right? Yeah, but I, w- I would say him and Nico Harmon, but if I choose, I'd say uh, Bobby Wagner. I feel that. I um Honestly, of course I want to add a receiver. DJ Chark would be great, but I think I saw he's visiting or he visited Charlotte uh, to uh, the Panthers. I mean, honestly, if I'm the Panthers, I w- they need him, and they're probably going to draft somebody too. Um, But perfect world. Honestly, I just want to bring back the people we might lose. I want Marcus Peters back. I want Calais Campbell back. If I had to pick between the two, I think I'd probably go Marcus Peters just because I don't know how many more years Calais Campbell's going to play, and you can never have too many good corners. Um, But also, hey, Arizona, I want D-Hop, so whatever we can do to make that shake, let's make a shake. Um, Anything you want to say before we close out? Uh, no, it's just an interesting, uh, interesting offseason. Like, you know, it's... It's interesting. I miss football. You know, the XFL is kind of holding it down. But I'm going to miss the NFL. It's, it's a long way to go, but we shall see. It's a long way to go, but we still kind of early in free agency. And like I said, still enough fun big names on the market to keep that uh, keep that enticing. And then the NFL draft is a little over a month away, and that's one of my favorite sporting events of the year. So plenty of coverage coming from me from the X Report, so please be sure to stay tuned, stay locked in here. We appreciate y'all listening. Appreciate you, Malik, for coming on, and we will see you all next time.